Welcome to the Governor's Podcast with me, Mike Simmons, and with me, Don Harrison. So the Governor's Podcast is a partnership between the Diocese of Chichester, Chelmsford and Liverpool, but we believe is suitable and appropriate for governors from any diocese across all Church of England schools. This episode focuses on how governors might be encouraged, engaged with the season of Advent and Christmas and what we as governors can learn from this time of year. So, Dawn. Well, I don't know about you, Mike, but I've done quite a few late night and early morning drives recently. Um, and I've seen it's been great uh, driving in the dark, seeing all the houses um, lit up. And it's it's just great to say I love the lights on houses decorated. Yet I'm acutely aware there is nothing up in my house. Not even one little fairy light has made it out of its box. Um, no decorations anywhere near going up at the moment. What about you, Mike? Where are you up to with decorating your house? Well, uh, like you, I've seen all this stuff going up all over the place. And you think, well, people are not only spending a lot of money, and you kind of wonder what where's the cost of living crisis with electricity costs. Um, but as for our house, um, I'm afraid. Well, we do have a Christmas tree. My wife did put the Christmas tree up this week, so I must give credit there because uh, I'm finding it hard to be that motivated about such things right now with so much going on. So when are you going to decorate your house? Because I guess we all have to. Well, it's a good question, Mike. I'm aiming for the uh, second weekend um, in Advent, I think. It might get pushed to the third or somewhere between the second and the third, but it definitely it won't be any time um, before that. And part of it is I do like, I like seeing other people's, but I do like that um, watching and waiting um, in Advent. Mm. Um, and a few years ago, I don't know if you've come across it, I came across a book called um, uh, In the Manger by uh, Max Lucado. Don't know if you've come across it. It's a really, yeah, I think I yeah, have. Yeah. It's a dead easy 25 um, inspirational um, readings for Advent. Um, and there's one that I really like about God dances amid the common. So um, I'll share bits of it. That's all right. Mm, please do. There is one word that describes the night that Jesus came. Ordinary. The sky was ordinary. An occasional gust stirred the leaves and chilled the air. The stars were diamonds sparkling on a velvet background. It's a beautiful night. A night worth peeking out of your bedroom window to admire but not really an unusual one. Nothing to keep a person awake. An ordinary night with an ordinary sky. The sheep were ordinary, some fat, some scrawly, some with barrel berries, some with twig legs. Just common animals. They were simply sheep. And the shepherds? Well, they were presents, probably wearing all the clothes they'd owned, smelling like sheep and looking just as woolly. They were willing to spend the night with their flocks. But there's nothing special about them. You wouldn't find their staffs in the museums or their writings in the library. No one asked their opinion on anything. They were nameless and simple. An ordinary night with ordinary sheep and ordinary shepherds. And were it not for God who loves to hook an extra on the front of the ordinary, the night would have gone unnoticed. But God danced mm-hmm. amid the God danced amid the common. The black skies announced brightness and the night was no ordinary the announcement of jesus went first to the shepherds 
God didn't ask if he was sure what they were doing. Had the angel, had he gone to the angels or the theologians, they might have consulted their commentaries. Had he gone to the elite, they would have looked around. But God didn't. God just went to the shepherds and turned an ordinary night into an extraordinary night. There's wow. something about that light in the darkness for me. That's quite amazing. I, I love that. Uh, the sense of ordinariness. If we go back to the Christmas tree thing, that's it is ordinary, isn't it, to mm -hmm. see all of that decoration going up around us. Um, but extraordinary in its, its own way because those trees, I'm looking out my window right now and the house opposite has the most amazingly decorated tree in the in the home of our neighbours who have two small children. Um, Christmas trees are a remarkable thing, but also an ordinary thing, I suppose. I did hear yesterday that one school resource starts with what Christians believe about Christmas trees as if they are some integral part of the reason for the season. And uh, we were having a discussion around the table just uh, how far we can get from the Christmas narrative. So I do love that your Advent reading there at Dawn focuses on the story behind the story, if you like, rather mm. than making other things up around it. But I suppose um, we ought to bring this back to school governance. That's what the podcast is, is about. So what can what do you think we can learn from and reflect on from that uh, that reading of ordinary becoming extraordinary i think there's quite a few lessons for governors in that extraordinary becoming extraordinary mike i think there's something about watching and celebrating there's so much goes on in our schools and sometimes we get bogged down with the busyness of meetings that we we forget to watch and to celebrate what goes on so if the shepherds hadn't have watched they wouldn't have seen the angel what do we miss as governors because we're too busy with the paperwork that we forget to look up and see what's going on? I think there's something about the ordinary to extraordinary. Any meeting can be an ordinary, boring governing body meeting. You can look at the agenda and go, well, there's nothing special about that. It's just an ordinary meeting. Don't need to read that paperwork. I don't actually need to turn up because I'm not doing anything. But any comments, a well-written report, a conversation from a governor, a child turning up to pray with the governors, any comment can turn a, an ordinary meeting into an extraordinary meeting. And I think the, four, the third lesson I think we learn is about valuing ourselves. Maybe it's just me, but sometimes I've sat in governing body meetings thinking, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm bringing to this meeting, but actually we need to value ourselves. God valued the, shepherd, the shepherds and he took the message of the birth of Jesus to ordinary shepherds, not angels, not theologians, but he took them to shepherds because he valued them. So we need to value ourselves and our input in meetings. So I think it's about uh, watching and celebrating, about looking for the extra in any meeting and valuing ourselves. I love that. And uh, I was thinking as you were talking about how if the sh ordinary shepherds hadn't been listening mm -hmm. and reacting, then it wouldn't have been the extraordinary evening that it became for them. So I think there's, there's a lot in that for us as 
uh, as we approach governance and our governing mm. body meetings. My own reflections this afternoon have been about um, how we need to be spontaneous and uh, we also need to be strategic. Okay. So I, that may sound a bit strange, but let me let me explain. Um, I asked the question, what do Sir Walter Raleigh and the head gardener at Balmoral Castle have in common? Do tell. <laughs> well, whether it was legend or history, because there is some doubt, not, we probably all know that Raleigh, uh, once Sir Walter Raleigh, once threw his cloak across a puddle so that Queen Elizabeth I could walk across without getting her feet wet. He spontaneously prepared the ground. Going to Balmoral, uh, in 2022, there was an advert for the full-time gardener position. This is an amazing role with eight people, who a team of eight people who look after the gardens, which are said to be virtually organic, and actually include a special type of late-flowering raspberry, which is grown to be perfectly ripe when the royals go there for their annual summer break. There a few years ago, and I discovered greenhouses full of blooming flowers slightly out of season and was told they were being prepared to be planted for when Queen Elizabeth II and the royal family arrived. So there we have the head gardener strategically preparing the ground for the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II, and now presumably King Charles III. Do you see what's in common between Mm. Walter Raleigh and the head gardener? Both prepared and one spontaneously and the other strategically or when i say be both prepared preparing the way Way. which of course was the role of john the baptist before the coming of jesus i recently read mark 1 1 to 7 which is the passage that tells us about john the baptist preparing the way for jesus and uh, dawn would you like to read that from the message because it really is quite striking I think you're right. It really is quite striking from striking from the message. So it reads like this. The good news of Jesus Christ, the message begins here, following to the letter of the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Watch closely. I'm sending my preacher ahead of you. He'll make the road smooth for you. Thunder in the desert. Prepare for God's arrival. Make the road smooth and straight. John the baptizer appeared in the world, preaching a baptism of life change that leads to the forgiveness of of sins. People thronged to him from Judea and Jerusalem, and as they confessed their sins, were baptized by him in in the River Jordan into a changed life. John wore a camel haired habit tied at the waist with a leather belt. He ate locusts and wild field honey. As he preached, he said, the real action comes next. The star in this drama, to whom I'm a mere stagehand, will change your life. I'm baptising you here in the river, turning your old life in for a kingdom life. His baptism, a holy baptism by the Holy Spirit, will change you from inside out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Wow. I love it, don't you? Mm, Just uh, I really do. It's kind of weird and wonderful, isn't John? Camel like, hair habit, tied at the waist with a leather belt, eating locusts and wild honey. Weird, but also wonderful. 
because his role was so special, extraordinary, I guess we should say, mm. in the context of what we've been talking about today. So an ordinary, if not weird person doing extraordinary, wonderful things. Well, I guess we should be asking, what's that got to do with the And uh, I think like John the Baptist, dare I say, not being rude at all, but uh, (laughs) governing bodies are made up of weird and wonderful people. They are indeed. And that goes back to something you said earlier about, you know, recognising the value of each person Mm. uh, and building that team. I think the other thing or second thing that uh, about John the Baptist is he lived out his role that was prophesied centuries before. So in one sense, he was prepared long before Jesus came, long before he came to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus in the first incarnation, we call it, when Jesus was born, but also looking ahead to when he comes again. And we ourselves uh, are living out a calling calling of God on our lives, um, a vocation perhaps you may begin to think of it as as you serve as a governor and have this wonderful opportunity within the regulations that have been laid down and all the advice and guidance to support and enable schools. We're preparing the way, meeting by meeting, for what's going on in the life of our schools. And we do it with, like Sir Walter Raleigh and the head gardener with both spontaneous and strategic actions. Those spontaneous acts of kindness, thoughtfulness, even love. As we pass teachers and others in the corridor, being encouraging, thoughtful, as we pray specifically for the people in our in our schools. But we are particularly stuck charged to make strategic decisions that will impact the lives of children and adults in our school communities. Those things that we hold the school to account over, those decisions that we make, those tough decisions sometimes around budgets and, mm-hmm. and so on, all of which are to prepare the way for the ongoing life of the school and the impact it will have uh, throughout uh, the, the following uh, months or even years. But most of all, I think John the Baptist reminds us that in Advent, we are there to point to the one who is to come. The one who's not just coming at Christmas, mm. but is coming again. And that may not be part of our everyday ongoing conversation. But as a governing body of a Church of England school, with a theologically rooted Christian vision, surely what we're doing is enabling people to have an encounter with the Jesus of Christmas. Uh, not just uh, all the other things that may make up our work. Let's be strategic and spontaneous as we think about the needs of the people we serve. I think the uh, uh, the communion collects for the second Sunday in Advent kind of sums up what Advent's for. So let me lead us in that prayer. Father in heaven, who sent your son to redeem the world, And we'll send him again to be our judge. Give us grace so to imitate him in the humility and purity of his first coming. That when when he comes again, we may be ready to greet him with joyful love and firm faith through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So we're nearly through. Uh, Dawn, uh, 
with all that in mind and uh, your Christmas less house, <laughs> um, are you looking forward to Christmas? I am, Mike. My uh, my house might be Advent at the moment, but it will certainly, um, either this, as I said at the beginning, either the second or third week of Advent, it will definitely turn into Christmas. Um, I, I genuinely love both the Advent season and the Christmas season. I love Christmas that we just get to pause to um, spend time uh, with friends and family. I love to see the lights in the darkness, um, even if it's an early morning drive or coming home late from parties with friends that light in the darkness that reminder that Jesus came into the world to be the light so um I really enjoy I really enjoy this um this both this season of advent of waiting and of watching and then I love the decorating of the house for Christmas to be make it ready um to spend time with friends and family just to relax and then see what a new year brings with all its um, mm. opportunities and excitements what about you mike what are you looking forward to this christmas and further on well i love the turkey dinner <laughs> <laughs> i love the cooking of the turkey dinner i i i am chief chef, chef which apart from the else means i don't have to do the washing up <laughs> Why? Well, cook cook doesn't wash up. Wash it, yeah, that's my theory. Um, actually, this weekend I'm looking forward to making the Christmas cake, so that should be good. I know I'm a little bit late, but uh, I uh, haven't that, made mine either yet. Um, I've got Christmas puddings left over from last year, but apart from all of that, I am looking forward to celebrating the birth of Jesus. I I, I do take that really seriously, um, but I'm also looking forward to rest. Uh, from all of the busyness of this it's been quite a tough year I think for a lot of people and not uh, I've certainly found that and this last term uh, and we need to think really carefully about our head teachers and mm. others who, for whom this has been a really tough year and term but I'm looking forward to the new year at the new year we just, my wife and I celebrate 20 years since wow. we met so that's good um, I, there's going to be a significant development in my life during 2024. Can't say more than that right now, mm-hmm. but uh, that's looking interesting. And of course, Dawn, I'm looking forward to recording the first podcast mm-hmm. of 2024 with you and releasing that sometime towards the end of the month. There, it's time to uh, to fit, come to an end. So thank you for listening and for being part of our ever-developing governance podcast. We hope it's meeting a real need As we think about next year, let's make next year's governance one where we focus on serving our schools and our God spontaneously and strategically in ordinary ways, but also extraordinary ways. I found this quote uh, uh, that someone wrote, whatever ministry we exercise and governance is Mm. a ministry, it's not first and foremost ours, but God's initiated and sustained by him. Human agents may come and go. It is the God of resurrection who works decisively, irresistibly to fulfil his promises. Let's hope we see some more of that in the coming year. So it's goodbye from me and a happy Christmas. And it's goodbye from me and a happy Christmas. Thank you. God bless you.